Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Forsaking all to follow him is the uh, subject that the authors have uh, given us uh, today. Um, and uh, uh, our golden text is found in verse 11. Uh, and uh, if you would, just read it uh, for me. And when they bought their ships, their boats, the land, they forsook all, all, they forsook all and followed him. Today we see Jesus full grown beginning his ministry and doing initiating uh, the, ministry, the earthly ministry that he was called to do. And in this particular scripture today, he is called to call. Uh, Y'all didn't get it. He, he's called to call. Um, and, and, and we will use uh, uh, today's lesson to as a model of how discipleship should work. Because if it worked for Jesus and we call ourselves his disciples, it should work for us. First of all, it's interesting. Uh, anybody in here Army, Air Force, ever was a recruiter? Brother B was a recruiter. Brother B, when, when you, in your recruiting assignments, uh, did, were, were you one of uh, what I call uh, the street recruiter, where you had to hit the road and, and go out and press some flesh? Uh, we call that face to face prospecting. Face to face prospecting, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all think y'all, see y'all don't know who y'all hanging around with. Face-to-face prospectors. And why is, this Im, is it important, uh, Minister B, to have that face-to-face contact? What does it do for the recruiter or the organization, whatever? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I know that uh, one of the interesting things that I picked up on your quick dissertation there was that you go into uh, venues. In other words, you go where the potential prospect is. Y- y'all get that? Now, now, now fast forward, uh, West to evangelism, and we say, why do you catch fish where they are? You can't catch them where they ain't. You got to go to them. And in going to those face-to-face perspectives, prospects rather, uh, you go in some areas, some venues 
that, well, let's just say you would rather have not had that experience, but you got to go because it's a potential prospect there. You may have to hang around some folk that you don't necessarily care for. See, most Christians, Sister Nina, they get happy when they say, go ye therefore and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father. Uh, see, that's the commission. That's the general, that's the commission in order. But the agenda is how you execute the commission. And the agenda is in Acts 1 and 8, that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in, in where? Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. In other words, there's not a place that you won't go to meet, to get a potential prospect. So that means you're going to have to hang around with some characters that ain't like Steve Harmon. They, 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 you know, they ready. They, they ready. They're not, they're not like Steve Harmon. I mean, quiet, quiet boy, you know, grew up in Waycross, you know, you know, saved parents, you know, saved from the wound, you know, almost to the tomb. You got to go with some cutthroats. And today, Jesus uses one of his great object lessons to teach this particular message because he wants us to know that if you're going to get disciples, they should come from everywhere and they should be willing to follow Jesus Christ at all costs. Maybe this to get you. Remember when you were this wide-eyed teenager contemplating what you would do with your life after high school and even after college? Have you ever thought about what it is that you wanted to do then versus what you are doing now? Is anybody doing right now what they wanted to be doing? Be careful how you answer that. Be careful how you answer that. Because, see, some of you uh, wanted to be, let's say, teachers. And you, you always said, I, I, when I go to college, yeah, I'm, I'm going to teach. I like teaching, but I, I, I would suggest to some of you what you liked at the time was maybe a particular subject matter, that you really didn't have a heart for teaching. And then the reverse is there. Some of you really had a passion for teaching, and God prepared you in other areas so that you could do just that thing teach. I wanted to teach and I never taught it in the public school systems. Didn't do it. But God all along was preparing me to do my lifelong work. And so, so it is with everyone that he calls. 
He matches your passion and your skills with what he wants you to do. See, and a lot of times, a lot of us choose professions that ain't got nothing to do with saving souls. But yet God is making you very good at what you do just to save souls. Y'all don't hear me this morning. So Jesus gets ready to call his disciples. And understand in today's text, it is not the first time that these folk had interacted with Jesus. Talking about that face-to-face -face prospect. See, you don't go to a prospect high school one time. You pick out a person that, hey, you know, they look like they might be ready. You develop a relationship with. Because people that you cannot relate to, you can't teach them anything. But God has prepared all of us to do exactly what he's called each and every one of us to do. Some of you have been trained as nurses, some as engineers, some as doctors, even lawyers, some as uh, great military commanders, some with great analytical uh, uh, skills, some with uh, linguistic powers. God has prepared you and you didn't start out winning souls, but God could use the very training, the very skill that you have obtained through the years to achieve his goal. So it is with these prospects. He had developed a relationship with them because in the case of Simon Peter, who you will meet today, he had already been to Simon Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law. So he had a relationship with it. He knew what Jesus could already do. Otherwise, some of the uh, statements he makes today don't make much sense to you. You've got to know that. He already had a relationship with them because Jesus, in the Christocentric model, he was responsible for doing all the recruiting and all the training he did all the healing and the miracles. He provided all the needs. And he says, this is how you do it. But God has given all of us everything we need to do what it is he wants us to do ultimately. He's already, he's already given that to us. I don't know, some of you who listen to uh, uh, Christian Radio may have heard uh, Tony Evans today talk up, uh, the, a few days ago about uh, making a cake and that you have all the ingredients that you need in order to make a cake. You have all the ingredients to make a cake, but yet you can make a sorry cake. Because if you don't follow the instructions, if you don't follow the instructions, you can have the best ingredients in the world and still make a mess. But Jesus knows exactly how to go in, find the right people at the right time, and he knows how to stir them up in discipleship. And he's asked us to be just as discerning. Let us read verse 1. If you would, one and two. 
Get us a rat. It's interesting, Jesus comes up upon this, uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, the Sea of Tiberias, uh, where fishermen are concluding their night's work. And um, he, he's ready to start training some folk. And, uh, but it's very interesting that it says that there's a crowd of people already there. Now folk, I'm telling you, these boys done worked all night. They haven't caught anything. And the folk have gathered, they hear about Jesus, and they want to gather for a word. And they begin to press against him. So much so that he goes, he sees two empty boats. And he realizes I want to share a word, but this is not the venue. I need to back up off into the water. And so Jesus makes an inquiry. He says that, first of all, there was this great crowd that was waiting to hear a word. Before I move to my next point, Nick. Did you notice early in the morning, people were gathered to hear a word? See, see, because Jesus had already uh, began making disciples. That's why you can't figure out where it starts uh, and stops with Jesus. Because he had already been sharing a word with people. And they liked what they heard. Many came to faith before one disciple was called. They wanted to hear a word. And they wanted to get at Jesus any way they, uh, that they could. He sees two boats that are empty. And Jesus wants to get away. Verse 3 says what? And Simon Peter? Can you get in the boat and let's press out to see? Because I gotta, you know, you, you gotta have good classrooms. You know, and with all this, this mess, you gotta have some sort of organization. Uh, but, but Jesus has a way of making uh, uh, order, or bringing to order of that which is chaotic. He simply goes out to the boat and he begins to teach. He begins to teach as a rabbi, and that's the important. He was teaching with authority. He was teaching just like they were used to in the synagogue. But they had heard this guy teach, and they were there early in the morning while the fishermen were still getting cleaning their nets. Very important. A lot of people say, uh, you know, uh, uh, that... Uh, uh, especially when Sister Kendall was around, about uh, keeping things in order and cleaning up your mess after your, your work and that sort of thing. Uh, it was very important to those fishermen 
they could, they, they done worked all night, and you'll hear his testimony in a minute. They'd worked all night, hadn't caught anything, but yet they had to clean nets for which they hadn't done no work. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, but if you don't clean it up, guess what? They'll rot, they'll wear out faster, and this is their only means of work. It is a thing that they've been trained to do. It is interesting that these are just no ordinary fishermen. These are no casual fishermen. These are men whose profession it is to catch fish. Gotta catch the fish. They were in the right place. They had the right equipment, but they fished all night and didn't find one thing. That's the thing about fishermen, all right? We had the recruiter. Do we have a fisherman in the house? Smitty Smith is not in my class. <laughs> I know he's having a good time with this. Nobody here fishes? You know? Huh? But man, I don't, I don't understand the fine dis distinction there. Oh, you're not a, a you're, your profession is not professional. Oh. oh, okay. No, anybody? Uh, do you still go? Sister Davis is the only one. Oh, you like the fish? What is the one quality that every fisherman has almost got to have? Good God, they got, these are fishermen. They, they don't, they, you know, they trying to be bougie. They're fishermen. It's an honorable profession. It's not looked on uh, asconsely uh, in today's society. You know, fishermen are, are, are very highly skilled. They know how to catch fish. They, they, they fish and they use a pole and bait and they know how to fish. They are skilled. Y'all do it for fun, and y'all know what's required. You gotta have patience. You gotta have patience, cause some hours, you're gonna catch nothing. You'll catch the mosquitoes, as David said. Some hours, all you're gonna catch is a nap. Ain't got a, a gun in it. And some days, quite evident, that's what I've been doing. It's out fishing, and I caught a cold. That's just the way, that's just the way it is. Sometimes fishing. But you know what? You don't stop fishing because you don't catch nothing. You know, at some point in time, you go home, but you don't say, I'm never going to fish anymore. So they had the right character. They had the right quality. They had the right skills for fishing, for fish. And Jesus says, I can take what you do best and make you better than you ever thought you were. But they are the best. It, this is like going, going to Peter at this particular point. It's like going to Michael Jordan and said, look here, I want to show you how to do jump shots. 
Because that's what that's exactly what's about to happen. Verse four. Can y'all see the bubble? You know, on top of Peter's head. You see it, Terry? Look at that. I don't tell you how to teach this stuff out in the manuscripts. Don't tell me how to fish. You, you could see that's exactly what he said. Because you can, you can tell by his response. But Jesus says, launch out into the deep. And everybody focuses on the fact that First of all, how you know catch fish when you couldn't catch them where these fishermen knew where they were near the bank, you know, shallow water. You don't go out to the deep. I think there's a spiritual implication there. If you're really going to be the disciple that God wants you to be, you're going to have to launch out to the deep. You're going to have to go into an uncomfortable area. You're going to have to do something that you have been accustomed to doing all your life and you're gonna to have to do it a different way. And, and change makes us uncomfortable. And I get so sick and tired of folk criticizing folk about being uncomfortable with change. It's natural, folk. And anybody who's, who's tell you that, oh, I love change, I love change. What it is, a stable mind, an unstable mind, a double mind. Because that's the way most folks, you want to run from thing to thing and thing and no completion. The average human being loves instant gratification. And you got to stick with something. And when you start talking about moving before you in an area that you've never done, but it makes folks uncomfortable. Now, just because folks are uncom uncomfortable don't mean they're not willing to go. And just because you're talking to someone sharing your faith and they appear to be a little resistant, huh, you got to be a fisherman, baby. You got to have some patience. And you got to take them into places that they otherwise would not go. The late Dr. Cilio Johnson, some of you know him, he was the executive director of the National Evangelism Workshop died last year. When he first came to Resurrection, always talked about fishing. And I thought it was some inside joke. Because, and that's, you know, we'd be in the uh, classes and he would say, boy, we did some fishing last night. What? <laughs> fishing at night? <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, but I, I come to later to understand what that was all about. Uh, and, and he is the one that says, why can't you catch fish where they aren't, are? Why do you catch fish where they are? He, he's that. And, and his belief was that, you know, you go anywhere and everywhere. And that your faith has got to be strong enough in the Lord uh, that you serve, that you can go into any environment, hang with any kind of people, and they don't change you, you change them if you're a fisherman. And, he, and so the, 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 the fishing that I later found out to do, he would go and we'd see him. Like when we have the evangelism uh, workshop, he'd sit right up at the bar. Hey, this guy got this big old cross. He won't run around his neck. 
to be right at the bar. <laughs> Conversation be. Oh, I see you ordered uh, some cutty. Ah, uh, used to do that years ago. It's a good brand there. Developing relationship. So here Jesus is saying, launch out, go out to the deep, and, and then you're probably going to say, you know, you might want to cut that cutty with a little water. God said, wait a minute, man, I've been drinking cutty all my life. Wait a minute. <laughs> you don't tell me how to handle cutty? You know? That, that's the implication here. But listen to Simon Peter, ladies and gentlemen, because this is the making of a disciple. Listen to him. Verse 5. Master! Stop right there. See relationship. Teacher, governor, commander. I know who you are. I have some idea of what you are. And I know one thing. Your word has been true to this point. It doesn't make any sense for me to launch out. You know why? We have been fishing here all night long. Me, Bud, Sister Davis, we the only ones been fishing. Everybody else went home. But we have fished. We fished this late. He says, Master, continue on. He says, Master, we've been working all night. They are dead tired. And you know what Jesus says? You know what? Don't bother folk when it's convenient for them. See, we, we want to wait till they get home. Nah, some days you are tired. Some, some days you are just dead tired. So if you're tired and they're tired, it's just two tired people getting together. Y'all get together and comfort each other. Jesus said, uh, Peter says to Jesus, Master, we haven't caught a minnow. We ain't caught nothing but a cold draft all night long, and we, we are exhausted. But your word has so much integrity that at your word, I'll do it. You want me to go deep? I'll go deep. See, this is the making of a disciple. Let's say you don't you don't tell the commander because really it's it's one uh, this particular uh, 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 word for master is only used by Luke and he only uses it uh, with the disciples saying none of the other people say say this no Sadducees none of them and it means it, it, it has this connotation of commander. Peter saying. You the commander, you giving the orders here, but your words have so much integrity, I'm gonna follow your orders. Because you know what? You don't get to decide where you go and when you go. Just when the commander says go, you go. Oh no, wait a minute, uh, no, I don't think I take the, uh, 
uh, uh, the uh, French Guiana trip. I think I went to uh, the Bahama trip. <laughs> oh no, Tuesday night. That's oh no, hey, that's my sorority and fraternity night. That's my business connection night. A uh, Tuesday night? You you want to do discipleship on a Tuesday night? Well, see, the same excuse was there on for Monday night. Because before Terry, when we were starting, Monday night was Monday night football. And all the brothers was in, nah, man, we ain't coming out here no Monday night for no. <laughs> and all of those of us who were saved and had legitimate business connection meetings on Tuesday night, we said, <laughs> we said, why Tuesday? You can find an excuse for every day for not doing. The issue is, on God's word, are you willing to launch out? On God's word, are you willing to move from where you are to where you need to be? Pastor Brown, in his sermon today, quoted uh, probably uh, Proverbs 19. Anybody pick that one up? God knows your plans. Hey, the plans that he has for you. See, he knows that while you were going up through the ranks, that God was preparing you in the NCO Academy, the uh, 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 command, uh, uh, officer command and staff, that he was preparing you to use you to do this at this time. He, he didn't talk to them back in, in Peter's mother-in-law's house where there was a healing going on. He talked to them at this time because now is the time to do the work. And now is the time to get up from where you are and go to where you need to be so you can be productive. Now, he said, look here. He talking about fish. That's what Peter said. He talking about fish. But on your very word, I believe you. I trust you. We'll go. He launched out and what happened? What happened? Verse 6. Can anybody tell me how fish that were not there all them hours in the night before are all of a sudden there now? Somebody tell, explain that to me. See, we get all hyped up about the water, the wine, and, and uh, you know, Lazarus. And, uh, but that, that, it's got to be a miracle. That Jesus, is it a miracle or it is, is it divine cognition? <laughs> See, because you got you to remember, Jesus contains one, has one of those O attributes also. What is that? Omniscient. He knows. He knows where the fish are. You can't catch fish where they ain't. Y'all been fishing where, where the fish are not. Go to where the fish are and you'll catch fish. And you'll catch so much fish that your, your, your nets will begin. One boat. A net catch a whole bunch of fish that is more than enough. <coughs> that is too much. It's training. And they had, they had to call out, hey fellas! Remember there were two empty boats. 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, 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 I'm going to tell you, when I think about this in the context of true discipleship, you know, we're always concerned about what we don't have. God is saying, use what you got. Go where you need to go to get what you need to get. And right now, you need to launch out into the deep. You need to drop your nets. And when they did, oh, the fish just came. Oh, man, they had all They were like the boy in uh, Forrest Gump uh, uh, storm. Y'all remember the shrimper? There was shrimps. There was shrimp this and that. that, that was, there was fish everywhere. And you know what I like about it? What I like about it is that they were using a net. Notice when I asked Sister Davis and Amic here about uh, fishing, they immediately thought about the pole and all of that. In the pole, you, you, you're being very selective. You're being very selective. You got to have the right bait. You know, you're fishing for carp, right bait, you should put for bass, you know. But guess what? When you throw a net, whatever go, comes up, comes out. They, it, they, it, it, it brings a multitude. And that's the issue. That's what the gospel is. That's why the gospel, that's why, they're not, why while in our national uh, logo, there is a net. There's a net because the gospel is a net. It is to be spread. See, many of us want to fish with poles. And we're missing. And them fish, they're not even interested in your bait. <laughs> they're moving on. But when you cast a net, oh, you catch a whole bunch. And you're using the right bait, a net. That gospel is to be spread, ladies and gentlemen. And so when they did, we saw them come up, the, 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 the boats, the nets were streaming. They, uh, verse uh, 7. Getting ready to go home. Some may even been thinking, I ain't gonna do this no more. <laughs> we are going to call it quits for the day. We're gonna clean up our nets and we'll go home. But you know what? That day, Jesus produces something in the life of the disciples that was life-changing. Because earlier that, morning, they had nothing to sell. You see, the fishermen fished at night because that's when the fish were more available. Uh, the fish, I mean, the fishermen fished at night because that's when the fish were available. You're talking about you're going to go to a door-to-door in a middle-class neighborhood where 90% of the people work during the day. You're you going to be doing it. Oh, we just going knocking on doors. Nah. Ain't nobody home. You got to go at night when they're home. 
but they had fished all night, caught nothing, got up the next day, and all of a sudden had, and, and they did it at night because they caught the fish at night, and then they would sell the fish during the day. You sell fish during the day to other folk. So, now they got them. They got plenty of fish to sell on a day when they had nothing. That's why God is a God of more than enough. Matter of fact, he's a God of too much because he had so much on them boats, those boats were about to sink. And it's the same thing, it's the same concept as when we talk about tithing. In other words, God will open up a window and pour you out a blessing that will be so much that you can't even, what? You don't even have room to receive it. It's the same principle. I like it. I like the fact that they got some fish. But I like Peter's response even better. What did Peter say? Verses 8. Peter has a spiritual reaction to a physical thing. He caught some fish. I could see it was the first time he had ever caught any fish. Fish, this boy, he's a master fisherman. But he never caught fish like this. You know why? Because he realized something. I'm in the presence of Almighty God. I don't know if he did knew that the, where the fish were or he just summoned the fish to that point because he's God and could do it. But Peter is saying, God, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And see, that's when you know that you are a true disciple. When you can come flat-footed and say, Lord, I am unworthy to even be in your presence. You are so majestic. You are so powerful. You are God all by yourself. When you come to that realization, you're a real disciple. Because you realize there is nothing that you can do in fishing that does not require the help of God. See, you think you can fish on your own. You think because you got two verbs and a noun rubbing up against one another that you can congregate Hebrew, Greek, uh, and, and all the other mystic languages. You think that because, you know, you, you, you got it going on and you're chas uh, charismatic, that it's because of you. No, it is nothing that you do. It is nothing but the power of God. And every time you witness to someone, have you ever been witnessing someone and you just thought, oh Lord, let me go home because this ain't, this ain't going to happen here. They, they, you know, we can cancel this. And just when you get ready to leave, this person says, but Deacon Sneed, did you, did you mean, wasn't me, no more but the Lord. Because see, the thing about it, folk, he'll give us power to do things, but we must rely totally on him. And when we recognize that it's him, we need to shout. And every time, like I see folk, they, they yawning, they fanning, they, they looking at their watch, when the invitation is given. Let me tell you something, folk, they could skip some of that other stuff. 
But when that invitation, that's important. You ought, you ought to be praying. Yes. People's eyes need to be open to those intake counselors, those deacons that are standing in there. Everybody else needs to be praying Amen. that God would do his mighty work. Because I'm going to tell you, ain't no sermon, ain't no Sunday school lesson, ain't no cute little hookup uh, three-point poem that you got ten, can save folk. There's nothing but the power of Jesus Christ. And when you recognize it, you do it just like uh, Peter did. Peter says, oh, Lord, you power. Read 9, 10, and 11, because we've got to go. They went out fishermen of fish. They came back fishers of men. And that's what Jesus declared over in Luke 9, 23. I will make you to become fishers of men. And you don't use the same bait with regular fish as you do fish fish. Y'all don't hear me. See, everybody thinks that because you do something well, that you will necessarily do it well here. The issue, though, is that unless God has called you, and if you're a disciple of Christ, he has called you, and he's called you to use that gift. But guess what? Your gift ain't like Lolly's gift. A Davies gift, Linda's gift, your gift ain't like theirs. Your greatest gift in discipleship, ladies and gentlemen. Notice, I want you to notice one thing, verse 10. Y'all read verse 10 for me right quick again. I want to show them, Harry, they got to see this one. They got to see this one. We know about Peter. We know he was big. We know what he went on to become. Would you read the rest of them boys that there? James. Zebedee. The sons of thunder were recruited in this class. And matter of fact, B would call this, this is a great recruitment class. You know, it's, it's like the class we had just that we just graduated in basic doctrine. Oh, what a, what a fine recruitment class. Oh, oh, one of the best that we've had in years. Fine recruitment class. See, because in here, we will see folk that went on to stay in the process. See, see, the, the issue is there are some names that you will read about and you can't read about them later. You know why? Because they're not there. But these are going to stick and stay for as long as you live. And the reason why that's important is verse 11. As we go. Verse 11 says, they pulled their boats up on the beach. They left them, them, the, the boats, and the nets. And what? And they, and all, and follow Jesus. 
there's a cost to discipleship, and that's why most folk don't want to pay. You know, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you something. You know what? Because they gave up boats. They gave up their means of living is what they, the indication here is what they, but, but I, I think a, a better rendition is that they gave up as a profession doing this because we're going to find later on we see him fishing. If you do what God wants you to do when he wants you to do it, He'll let you do what you want to do. Amen. And some of oh, y'all don't hear me. You, 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 worried, you worried about what you're going to lose out on now. Amen. Well, let me tell you, it ain't 1999. <laughs> Can you think what you had to give up in 1999? Come on, y'all. Come with me. We were in the process six years now. Vanessa, you heard all the excuses. Matter of fact, Dr. Grant preached a sermon on it. Excuse abuse. You know, that, 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 that we just have excuse after excuse after excuse. But he says, these men gave it all up. Because you know what? You can give up this world. The, the scripture says, what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? The issue is everyone in here can do discipleship. Everyone in here. Because there are many methods to do it. Don't get, we have a particular method. But let me tell you one thing. You come into Sunday school on a regular basis? That's discipleship. You go on the midnight uh, um, Wednesday studies? That's discipleship. You go on the BSF? You go on the men's study groups? That's, that's evangelism. That's discipleship. Some systematic study. Because notice one thing. The word has to be taught. Not you doing stuff. I mean, talking about when you volunteer and go down and feed folk under the bridge. Notice that this session started with Jesus launching out in the boat and he didn't get up and say, now look here, fellas, let me show you this miracle here. Go right over there and get those fish. He taught them a word first. Anybody that's not giving you the word, they're cheating you. Amen. They don't want you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. They want you to be a disciple of them. Or hit them. That, that's Abraham, because all, all, all I'm propagating the fraud in that area. You know, bring folk in and not give them the word. You know, bring folk in and try to change the word. You want to bring folk in and try to change the way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're not talking Jesus, you ain't talking the gospel. There would be no gospel without Jesus. Matter of fact, if you're not talking Jesus, you're using a fishing pole. <laughs> and you need to be using a net. God bless you.